ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Monday, September 27th. We are here at the Union Pub and Grill as your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling us on the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzer. It is made pure. I'm kind of cheating today. Um, I'm not doing the White Claw or anything like that. I had to go for the Red Bull today here at the Union. You know, the Red Bull is a key ingredient inside the Southern Bell, and that is is one of those signature drinks you can always get here at the Union Pub and Grill. Our text line is also open for you. you got to have that number ready because I'm going to be making you use it later on to get yourself a couple of tickets to go see the Bengals on Thursday night taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The text line is going to be open here momentarily for you. It's real simple. Programming it to your phone, 304-523-2275. That is 304-523-2275. What I'm going to be looking for this hour is uh, your final thoughts on the weekend of college football, including the Marshall loss. Are you over it now? Have you moved on? Are you looking towards Middle Tennessee? Because that's where we're at today. It's kind of weird. The game was on a Thursday, so we really haven't had that, uh, you know, that normal cadence of trying to get over it. So we should be over the grief part right now of that loss. If you're not, the text line is open for you, and, of course, the phone lines are open for you as well. A little bit later on, we're going to hear from Rick Stockstill. We're going to hear the head coach of Middle Tennessee talking about this game between Marshall and Middle Tennessee. It's their blackout game. It's one of their specialty events. They do a blackout game, and they're going to be all black. And I think the fans really get into the blackout game. Uh, I don't want to say it's like their – it's not like their 75 game or anything like that, but it's, it's sort of their special really get-fired-up game. Again, it's not the closest thing I can say to it. It's like it's their equivalent of that maybe, their special event. day. Again, it's apples and oranges, but still. All right, uh, text line already. We're firing up the text line, and we got the responders, and, and let's get into those first. Texter writes, go herd. Listen from Marion, Ohio. All right, we got some Marion, Ohio listeners. Thank you for that. Do you think CUSA will be hard to win this year? Last year we played only 10 games, so maybe we weren't as good as we thought we were. That's a question that I won't feel confident in answering until I see what Marshall looks like against middle. Only because Marshall has taken on some tough competition. Fair. Navy was what it was. Um, NC Central was what it was. But then you go in and you take on ECU. And I thought Marshall should have won that game but didn't. And I thought Appalachian State was probably the best team on the schedule to date. And honestly, I thought Marshall could have won that game, should have won that game. But for whatever reason, it didn't. And we can go over those countless reasons. But you, you look at Conference USA, just kind of eyeballing the league. Right now, I think the teams that are going to be the toughest to play are mostly West Division. And I think North Texas is better than their 0-2 record, but Louisiana Tech is good. I think UAB is good. And I think UTSA is tremendously good. All three of those teams in the West Division are going to be tough. Uh, to win a championship, you're facing one of them. Now, in the East Division, I mean, Charlotte's 3-1. and one. Okay, 3-1. and one. But are they really a, a team you need to contend with? I won't know just yet. They did beat middle, but at, at the same time, 
I don't know where Middle's at. Middle has played some interesting teams. Uh, FAU, they're two and two. Western Kentucky's one and two. FIU's one and three. Old Dominion's one and three. And as I mentioned, Middle is one and three as well. So can Marshall win the East Division? I'm, I'm going to say yes, Marshall can win the East Division. Will they? That's the challenge because we're just going to have to see what this team looks like after learning the lessons of ECU, not finishing, learning the lessons of Appalachian State, not finishing. They've got to clean up some things. They can't give up fourth-quarter touchdowns like that, and the offense has got to find a way to score. they got to keep the defense off the field a little bit better. I, I will say this, though. Middle Tennessee is probably better than you think. I mean, they beat Monmouth. Okay, scratch that game. That really doesn't matter. Uh, they lost a tough one against Virginia Tech. It maybe was a little bit more dominating of a performance than you like, but 35-14, that's not embarrassing, really. Uh, UTSA, they lose that one 27-13. And, of course, they lose a tough one to Charlotte, 42-39. So I don't know where Middle's at just yet. But that's going to be my first indicator of kind of where Marshall is in relation to this league. And also, you look at Marshall's schedule, Old Dominion's coming up next. And again, I, I don't know if Old Dominion is better than that 1-3 record or if they're going to maybe be that 1-3 team. Then you look at North Texas. And again, I think North Texas is a better team than their record indicates. I mean, they're 0-2 in conference play. They play some tough teams in conference. They're not the best team in the West Division, but I think they're better than – they're probably third or fourth best over there, possibly. Definitely in the top four. That's going to be a tough one. FIU, I think Marshall can beat FIU. FAU, I think Marshall can beat FAU. Uh, UAB, that's going to be a challenge. That's going to answer a lot of questions how well Marshall does against UAB. And then, of course, we'll see where Charlotte's at. Right now, Charlotte's 1-0 in league play, so Charlotte's on top of the East Division. And then you get the Western Kentucky game. It doesn't matter if Western Kentucky is uh, any good or not. The Hilltoppers are always going to be ready for the Thundering Herd. The Thundering Herd hopefully should be ready for the Hilltoppers. But with all of that said, um, I'll take Marshall right now. I'll take them if... Everything plays out the way I hope it does. I'll take Marshall to win the East Division. It might be a challenge, though, because UAB is going to be tough. And I think Charlotte should be a, a, a challenge. Uh, the Florida schools, I'm kind of up. I don't know just yet where I, I feel about them. Western Kentucky's a wild card. Uh, middle, I'm not going to sleep on this team. So that's kind of where I stand right now. Um, I think Marshall had some problems towards the end. I think Marshall's a good team. In Conference USA. I think Marshall is a good team in Conference USA. If a few things go a different way, maybe Marshall could have remained undefeated, went into a better bowl, but then again, they kind of fell apart those last few weeks, and COVID was an issue. I think that's fair to say. Uh, I think the talent's there. I think they're trying to figure out what they're capable of doing. They're under a new coach, does things a little different. Very aggressive on offense. You're going to hear Rick Stock still talk about that a little bit later on, about how aggressive the Thundering Herd can be. And he kind of alluded to the fact that they're a little bit of Alabama now. They've got a little bit of Alabama in them. And, of course, that makes sense. You've got a coach that came most recently from Alabama. 
you learn under that system, you're going to bring those things with you. So that's where I stand on Marshall. I'm not counting Marshall out just yet in the conference race. We haven't even got started yet. we got Middle Tennessee. That'll be the first indicator of where Marshall's at in comparison to a like team in Conference USA like Middle Tennessee. But it's going to get more challenging. Again, UAB, I think that's going to be a challenge. Charlotte, not sure where they're at just yet. Their record is good. But where are they at, really? Uh, Western Kentucky wild card there. We'll see what the Florida schools look like. And um, you know what? North Texas is probably better than that record. Long answer, but I hopefully covered it all. Speaking of victories, uh, yesterday, a game you heard right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. The Bengals beat the Steelers. We'll recap that game a little bit later on. We'll hear from Rick Stockstill, the head coach of Middle Tennessee, about the Thundering Herd. We'll get more of your text in at 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. All of that coming up on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill, downtown Huntington, where every Monday, the special $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots, you get that every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. And, of course, this is probably the second most Marshall-decorated place I've ever been in. The first, of course, being actually my Marshall. But this is the second most decorated Marshall place ever. So if you want to see all the things that Herb Stanley, the proprietor, has collected over the years, and he's got an extensive collection here, you can come down to the Union Pub and Grill. I'm looking at the, uh, let's see, he's got the framed front page right in front of me of the New Mexico Bowl. I got that. The 31-28 victory there. Heard Downs Rams. And then right there I see the columnist Chuck Landon's column right there in that one. I got the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl, one of them. Uh, 2009 edition. I got that one right there. There's a towel. There's the newspaper. You can find new things. I find new things all the time here at the Union Pub and Grill. All right. Bengals getting the victory 24-10 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right now, if you're a Steelers fan, your life is just in a disarray. You're probably already looking forward to the start of Penguins hockey because the Steelers aren't doing anything, and unfortunately, uh, the Pirates kind of let you down as well, and I hate that for you. But with all that said, the Bengals get the job done. It wasn't one of those where... And let me tell you, before we start, it wasn't one of those games where I was worried because I was telling you all week, take the Bengals. You didn't listen to me, I bet. I said, take the Bengals. I like the Bengals. And I was looking on social media yesterday. I know, I made the mistake during the game. I popped on just for a minute, and people were like, oh, the Bengals are going to blow this. The Bengals are going to blow this. And then I saw a lot of Steelers fans fretting and just, you know, in disarray there. And it was just no, it'll be fine. Not for you Steelers fans, but it'll be fine if you're a Bengals fan. The game started in the fourth quarter to maybe worry me for 30 seconds. Then I realized, no, this defense is pretty good. But 
Beginning of the game, one of the key plays, Cincinnati Bengals get an interception. Logan Wilson picks off Ben Roethlisberger. Remain 0-0 in the first quarter. Roethlisberger hit. Nice, the it. ball is intercepted nice. at the 40-yard line. Nice. The Bengals will take over at the Steelers 41. So the Bengals get an interception, kind of showing Ben Roethlisberger maybe a little bit more human than we thought of in the years. And then in that first quarter, Bengals get a touchdown. Joe Burrow finds a 17-yard strike to Tyler Boyd to take Tyler Boyd to take a seven-nothing lead. He's looking. He throws. Nice. It's caught. Tyler Boyd at the 10 for the first nice, down. Tyler. Breaks a tackle to the yeah. five to the goal line. Yeah. Touchdown, nice. Bengals. Tyler Boyd pinballing off tacklers and taking it in for the 17-yard score. Now the Bengals are up. Later on in the second quarter, the Steelers would answer. They would march it down. Roethlisberger started to look a little bit more what he is accustomed to looking. And so the Steelers go down and tie it. What do the Bengals do? The Bengals answer the call, and it was a tremendous call by Joe Burrow. He just threw it up to Jamar Chase to take the 14-7 lead in the second quarter. Joe in the gun, catches the snap, fakes to Pirine, throws it high and deep down the left sideline. Chase yeah. has it yeah. in the end zone. Nice. Touchdown, Woo. Bengals. What a throw by Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase, who extended his arms and reeled it in for the 34-yard score. So the Bengals get the score, and that was one of those interesting ones where Jamar Chase just told Joe Burrow, just throw up the ball, just throw it to me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, Jamar came to me before that play. He was like, just throw it up to me. Just throw it. And so I was like, okay, I'll just throw it up. And he went and got it. So that's, that's what happened on that one. And I think that's some of the play that Zach Taylor has been wanting out of his quarterback. He, he said in the postgame that, that he just wants Joe Burrow to be aggressive. He was being aggressive. That, that was a play we wanted. Again, we want our quarterback to be aggressive and, and uh, we'll never take that away from him. Third quarter now. Cincinnati looking to extend the lead. Who does Joe Burrow find once again? His former roommate, his former college running mate, Jamar Chase. 24-7, the Bengals go up in the third quarter. Burrow back to pass, standing, looking, fires over the middle, nice. caught for the touchdown. Nice. Jamar Chase Woo. with his second touchdown catch of the game, his fourth in three NFL games. He beat Joe Hayden, and the Bengals increase their lead. The Steelers would add a field goal. And as a side note, when they went for the field goal, there was plenty of time left on the clock. They go for the field goal. The fans were booing, which I was wondering, you need points. At this point, you're down three scores. You need points. So you take the field goal. You're not in a situation where time is running out on the clock just yet. You have plenty of time there. So the Steelers fans were booing. The Bengals hold on, however, and here's what the final call sounded like. Burrow under center, puts the right knee on the natural grass playing surface, and the remaining time on the clock will expire. For the first time since 2015, the Bengals come to Heinz Field in Pittsburgh and beat Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, and they do it by two touchdowns today. Bengals get the win, 24-10. My Sunday was set. I was, uh, I was happy for the rest of the Sunday. Nothing would bring me down. 
I mean, what does that say about the Bengals? The, they didn't panic. Uh, now, granted, the Steelers were a little depleted. Ben Roethlisberger maybe not looking what he used to look like. He is definitely not in his prime. He looks like he is a quarterback that is running on his last leg. Unlike a, a Tom Brady who takes care of himself, who's a health and fitness fanatic probably, he drinks the, the veggie juice, he drinks the grass juice, whatever, sleeps probably in the hyperbaric chamber. You know, Roethlisberger is just like a big old dude. Big old dude who throws the football, shrugs guys off. That wasn't the case. That did not happen yesterday. Uh, instead, Ben looked his age. So the Bengals get the win. I'm happy. And, of course, now we've got a matchup coming up on Thursday night. Now, I mention that because, believe it or not, I've got a pair of tickets to that match on Thursday. The Bengals Thursday night football. We'll have that for you after the Coach Charles Huff show here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. But, you know, you can skip all of that. You can be in Cincinnati for Thursday night football. Here's what I want you to do. I told you to program the text line in. Well, if you didn't, I'm going to give it to you right now, to be fair. 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. Would you like to go to Cincinnati to see the Bengals play on Thursday night football? All you have to do to enter is hit the text line up and give me a who day. Just, just text who day. Make it easy for you today. And I will choose a winner at the end of the show. These are digital tickets, so you're going to have to be able to download these tickets to your phone app and show them once you get to the gate. But I'll need your email information and all of that. If you win, I'll get that from you. But I'm just going to tell you this in advance so you don't go, well, I didn't know, Paul. I'm telling you now. These are digital tickets. If you can go. Give me a who day on the text line, 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. And I will pick the winner after the end of the show. And I might actually have another pair for tomorrow as well, so uh, stay tuned there. But we've got the text line open for you for your contest entries. We also will take your thoughts on the matchup between Marshall and Middle. Also, if you want to look back just a little bit about Marshall and Appalachian State, we'll do all of that when we continue live from the Union Pub and Grill on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're taking your text this hour. We're giving you an opportunity to win a pair of tickets to Thursday night football between the Bengals and the Jaguars. Text line is 304-523-2275. Once again, that's 304-523-2275. I'm asking you if you paid attention, just to shout out a who day on text, and I will pick a random texter at the end of the show. So if you don't hear back from me, it's not because I'm ghosting you. You didn't win. Marshall taking on Middle Tennessee, another road contest for the Thundering Herd this week. The Thundering Herd in a uh, in a must-win situation, maybe. Is it too soon to say this is a must-win game? 
Is this a linchpin game? Or is this just another game? It's a start of conference, but you want to start off right in conference. You always want to start off right in conference. And you have an opportunity against Middle Tennessee. Middle, of course, it's going to be a big deal for them because it's their blackout game. That's their game where uh, they put a lot of energy into. They're going to be wearing black. It's something that the, the kids like, according to the stock still. Again, uh, I, I really don't you know, know how to compare it to anything. You know, it's significant to them. So... There's a lot of things happening going on with the blackout game. So Marshall is going to be a part of that. But it's going to be, I think, a tougher contest than you might think. Middle Tennessee, you look at their record and you think, oh, okay, Middle Tennessee, they're, they're 0-2 in league play. They're 1-3 overall. They, they're not really putting up that many points, right? And, um, they're putting up some points, actually. Um, they're putting up 116. It's pretty good. Um, they are um, giving up 119, though. So Marshall might have an opportunity to score here, but at the same time, Middle Tennessee is not going to be anemic. They're not a terrible team. I, I say that, and I genuinely mean that. They, they're putting up almost 30 points a game. They're 29 points a contest, uh, but they're giving up almost 30 a contest. Total yards, they are putting up uh, 348.5 a contest. Marshall is averaging 552.8 a contest. So there'll be some yardage on the ground here. You might take the over if you're a betting person. I wouldn't take the under on this one. I might take the over. But they're a team that is a better passing team than they are a running team. Only 275.3 yards passing compared to Marshall's 381.5. But the run game is where Marshall definitely has the uh, the dominant, distinct advantage. Middle's only putting up 73.3 a contest. Marshall's putting up 171.3. Big difference there. I mean, there's a disparity in passing, but there's another huge disparity in rushing. And I think that's going to really dictate things because if you can't run, you can't pass, right? You set up the, the pass by running. That's well, well, some coaches do that anyway. Whatever the case may be, Marshall's got its hands full, but at the same time, Middle Tennessee's got its hands full. Rick Stockstill, veteran coach of Middle Tennessee, uh, here's his early impressions. Uh, he was talking to his media earlier today uh, about Marshall. Here's what he was saying to them. Uh, excited about this week. Looking forward to playing a really good Marshall team. You know, they're 2-2 two and two right now. Uh, they won their first two, and they've lost their last two. Uh, two close ball games. So uh, a very talented team. Uh, got a lot of guys back uh, from last year's team. Uh, I think they've got 23 uh, COVID seniors or super seniors. Uh, so it's a, it's a mature team. It's an older team. Uh, they got a really good quarterback. Last year he was a freshman and, you know, had a really outstanding year. Uh, Doc did a great job, you know, uh, of building that roster. And uh, he's a good player. They got good skilled guys around him, good receivers, good running backs. Their offensive line is really good. They lost a guy to the NFL and then a transfer. I think he went to Notre Dame. So, uh, but they've got a good offensive line coming back as well. So three of the five starters from last year. So going to be a challenge for him, right? He thinks uh, that the Marshall's pretty much what Marshall was last year. And, in talking to him, getting his thoughts, he was talking a little bit about the offense, thought that the offense was very similar to last year, but 
He said that they're doing more things like Alabama does, and, and he was saying basically Marshall's got a pretty explosive offense. There's some similarities uh, from what they've done in the past, but there's also a lot of similarities between uh, what Alabama has done the last couple of years. Uh, Charles has impl implemented that into their offense. So they're an explosive team offensively. They're going to take shots. They're going to max protect um, and try to get it down the field on you. So really good offense. Good offense for the Thundering Herd. What's Stock still think of the Marshall defense? Defensively, they're like they always are. Uh, athletic, can run. Uh, probably a little bit longer, a little bit bigger up front <clears throat> than what they've been the last couple years. Uh, but they're very athletic and uh, really good. Their front seven's really good. Back end is good also. They can run. Uh, just a really talented team. Coach speak all the way. Very good. Everybody's good. Special teams, eh, they're pretty good as well. Solid in the special teams. Uh, ran a kickoff return back for a touchdown against uh, App State, and uh, they've always been you know, really good in the kicking game, so that hasn't changed either. So, again, according to Stock, and he's an old-school coach, right? Yeah, everything's good. They're great. We're great. Everybody's great. He did focus a little bit on the play of Marshall running back Rasheen Ali. You look at what Rasheen's been able to do so far. And uh, I've got his updated numbers here. If I've got everything put together right, uh, he's now attempted 63 carries for 376 yards, eight touchdowns. He is uh, averaging six yards per carry. He also has 12 receptions for 73 yards and one touchdown. Uh, here's what uh, Coach Stock still had to say on the play of Marshall running back Rasheen Ali. You know, he, he runs with power. He's a strong back, but he's also got great speed. He's got great change of direction, uh, you know, has great vision as a running back. You know, he breaks tackles, so we got to do a great job from that standpoint. But he's just a really good back, does a good job catching the ball out of the backfield. And, uh, you know, so he's a, he's a complete back. You know, he can run with power. He can run with speed. Uh, he's got some elusiveness to him, uh, and they don't have to take him out of the game on third down situations. He can also catch. So nice things there said by uh, Coach Stockstill about Rasheen Ali. Now, I was trying to describe to you a little bit earlier uh, this week about the blackout game. Now, this is where Middle Tennessee, they put the black on because everybody's primary third color is black, right? Marshall, green and white, and black. Middle Tennessee, blue, white, black. Everybody's got black in their, in their, their color scheme now. It's like the dominant primary third color. I know some Herd fans hate the black. Some love it. But it's going to be the blackout game, so they're going to be wearing their black. So if you're a Herd fan, you're going down. You want to wear your bright white, maybe wear your bright white. Your bright Kelly green, you know, contrast, clash with that a little bit if you're going down. Uh, here's Stock still talking about this week. It's the blackout game. Here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, you know, our players, they've always, uh, they love wearing the black uniforms. It, you know, uh, it's always, you know, that adds a little bit of spice to it. Uh, you know, because we're wearing all black doesn't mean you know, we're going to make a touchdown or a first down or whatever. You know, you, you still got to go play the game. But our players get excited about it. 
going to get excited. They're wearing the black. I mean, for Marshall, that's just a jersey change uh, usually. Uh, for them, they're wearing the all black. So uh, hopefully, if I was Marshall, I'd come out in the all whites. I'd come out in the Stormtroopers. Seriously, rock the Stormtroopers. Come out in the all white. If it's going to be their blackout game, I'd come out with the entire white uniform and just clash and contrast with them as much as I possibly could. And if you're a Herd fan, you're heading down, you know what? Rock the white. I don't know what the equipment room is going to be suggesting. I'm telling you, rock the white. And I'm suggesting to the equipment room right now, guys, go Stormtroopers. Go all white. White pants, white, white tops. Of course, the helmet's white. Go white. Everything white. Just, they want to go black? Go white. Go, go all in. White shoes, everything. Nothing of, you know, trim color only. I, mean, I would completely just contrast and clash with them. That would be that would look good because there's going to be a lot of Hurt fans here. I'm pretty sure of that. So you might take up a section if I'm expecting uh, what I usually see to show up. You might take up a section, and it's going to stand out. And if, if they have actually any good numbers show up for this game, uh, that's going to be fun to watch. So that's my recommendation. If you're going down to the game this week, throw the white on. Go all white. Go all white, or at least the, those white martial apparel that you own. Don't forget the black stuff. Leave that at home. It's going to be fun. I, I like Marshall and Middle Tennessee as, uh, as rivals. Uh, what do you think of this rivalry? I, I don't think I've asked you what you think of this rivalry. Is this one you enjoy with Middle Tennessee? I mean, it used to be Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. This used to be the big one. It was the 100 Miles of Hate which is one of the best names of a college football rivalry that you could possibly come up with. College rivalry, period. 100 miles of hate. I mean, it's way better than when Marshall would play Moorhead State, the war on I-64, which is not a bad name. But 100 miles of hate just sums it up. The distance between the two programs and... Yeah, the fact that they're close by and they just don't like each other. Well, I think in many Western Kentucky fans' minds, Marshall has uh, usurped Middle Tennessee as the program to hate. And for a lot of Herd fans, I think it is the same. Texer writes, I still think Marshall against Western has more intensity between the two, but the Middle Tennessee matchup has still been fun. So, yeah, I think this is a fun matchup as well. This one's definitely a fun one to watch. What do you think? Text line is open, 304-523-2275. Also, if you are looking for tickets to go see the Bengals, take on the Jaguars Thursday night football. They're digital tickets. Uh, and if you haven't entered just yet, use that text number. Shoot me a who day so I know you want them. And we'll pick a winner at the end of the program. We will come back. We'll take a look at uh, what happened uh, across the Conference USA landscape. Uh, I really didn't get a chance to go over some of the matchups. Uh, there were some good wins in Conference USA. We'll talk about that. We'll get some more of your thoughts as we are here at the Union Pub and Grill. It's home of the Southern Bell. Uh, I'm cheating today. I'm only doing uh, one ingredient of the Southern Bell, the Red Bull portion. But you could go full in and get the entire Southern Bell here at the Union Pub and Grill. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. 
Union Pub and Grill, home of the Southern Bell. Of course, the Monday specials, $1.50 bundles, $2 call shots. You get that every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. As we mentioned, not a bad weekend for Conference USA. Uh, a few victories, a few losses that maybe uh, you, you scratch your head at thinking, okay, the league could have done better. Central Michigan beating FIU 31-27. That was close, but you would have liked to see an FIU beat Central Michigan. And then you got UTSA with the comeback. Get, get this, UTSA getting votes now in the coaches' poll, receiving votes. It was a comeback win at Memphis trailing and I was watching a little bit of this I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna stick with this here trailing 21 nothing in the first quarter the comeback comes on and just pours on and next thing you know UTSA has beaten Memphis 31 28 that was a good win for the league and for UTSA which remains undefeated and of course UTSA's name has come up among some who are looking at where do uh, some of these leagues go for expansion. Could UTSA be a team that's in line for uh, an expansion ticket somewhere going into, I don't know, a Mountain West maybe? Does a Mountain West look at this and go, hey, you know, maybe maybe they could be a team that could bring some potential here? Or uh, I don't know if the American grabs them. It, it, stranger things have happened. Again, they're looking westward, and they're looking more Mountain West if you hear and believe the reports, you see those and you hear them and you believe them, and UAB as well. But UTSA could be in the mix somewhere. So that was a, uh, you know, that was a good win for them. Uh, Buffalo beats Old Dominion 35-34. I don't know what to make of that one. Uh, La Tech gets the victory over North Texas in conference play 24-17. Again, I think North Texas is better than an 0-2 record. It's just the teams they face in conference are a little bit better. Uh, Rice gets the victory. I didn't think Rice was going to do this one. Rice got the win over Texas Southern, 48-34, so that's a nice victory there. Uh, Southern Miss got 14 points. I'm proud of them. Alabama put up 63. We knew that was going to happen. I think Alabama called the dogs off to a degree. Uh, that game ended the way I thought it would. Uh, Air Force drops bombs on Florida Atlantic, beats them 31-7. And then you got UAB beating Tulane 28-21. That's a good win there. Again, UAB a team. People are talking about, hey, this is a team that maybe could go to the American. Maybe it could go to the Mountain West. I mean, I haven't heard that as much as I've heard the American. That's a team that people are keeping an eye out for and UAB doing good stuff again. And then uh, a game that maybe you would like to see Western Kentucky win. It didn't happen, but Indiana beats Western Kentucky 33-31. to And you, you look at that game and you think, okay, uh, they could have won that game. So watch out for the Hilltoppers. Uh, might be a little bit better than their record indicates. They are 1-2 on the early side of things. And, of course, uh, we got some interesting games coming up. We have Marshall's game against Middle. That's going to be, a, I think, a fun one as we've got four conference matches in league on Saturday. Thankfully, there are no more, at least this week, there are no more Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, splits here. The next Friday game comes on October 8th. That'll be Charlotte at FIU. There will be some Friday matchups here uh, throughout the rest of the year. Of course, Marshall's going to be in one of those Friday matchups as Marshall's going to be at North Texas on October 15th. It's going to be on CBS Sports Network. I mean, Marshall's got to play in Texas on a Friday. Sure, there's going to be some exposure there, but at the same time, Marshall's got to play on a Friday in Texas. 
I, I don't know if that's fair or not. But there's some good matchups coming up. Uh, some non-conference matchups still uh, on the schedule. Uh, Charlotte's going to be at Illinois. UNLV is going to be at UTSA. That will be an interesting one to watch. Um, this one is becoming a little bit more interesting now. you got La Tech taking on NC State. After what NC State did this weekend, that's going to be a fun one. And uh, Liberty at UAB. We're going to see what Liberty and UAB look like. I'm actually excited for that one. As far as games that are in the group of five, if you're going to circle one, you're going to watch one, you're probably going to watch Liberty at UAB. That's going to be an interesting kind of where does UAB stand and where does Liberty stand? It's going to be a nice test for each of those teams. And, again, uh, that's a team that, believe it or not, I think Conference USA kind of said thanks but no thanks. Liberty wanted in Conference USA. I say take the money and deal with them later. They're going to be a good program. And I think them and the league would have helped immediately because they're going to spend money, and that probably would have forced some of these other programs to spend money. I don't know how much Marshall would have had to spend, but they spend a lot of money on their athletics, and they would have been competitive right away. And I think they would have added something. I say bring Liberty in Conference USA. You know, strike first. Invite Liberty in. Say, hey, look, you, you guys went in? Come on over. We'll... We'll, we'll make our stand together with all of us here. And you got Western Kentucky at Michigan State. Uh, uh, I like Michigan State in that one. But with that said, there's some interesting matchups here in Conference USA, and that's all coming up this week. The one we care about the most will be Marshall at Middle Tennessee. We're going to hear from the head coach, Charles Huff, tomorrow. He'll be his uh, weekly presser. He will, uh, of course, um, I'm kind of – he's a little mellower on Tuesdays. Now, I'm not saying he's – He's hot or mad or anything after the game, but he's a little bit mellower. He's moving on. He, he's at that point. He's seen the game film. I'm sure he's looked at everything. He's compartmentalized it and he's put it away. And I think Marshall probably needs to have a short memory again because you've lost two in a row now, but you're back to zero and zero. That's probably what they're talking about this week. If if I was coach, I would definitely approach it that way. Like, look. We're 0-0 zero zero now. We're into conference play. You can win conference. You can win the championship. That's still the goal here in Conference USA, to win the championship. You would have been really in a good place if you went undefeated, sure. But win Conference USA. That's probably the talk I'm having right now. And, again, he's probably going to talk about that a little bit more because he was alluding to the other night during the loss that, look, this is okay, this is the foundation. These are the first four games. We're going to build on this foundation. Um, and then, again, you know, throw out a trust the process, closing the gap, and, and everything else that he is uh, trying to uh, get these kids to um, buy into wholesale. We'll see what happens. But uh, we get a chance to hear from Coach Huff tomorrow. We'll get his thoughts on everything as uh, we get you closer to Marshall and Middle Tennessee. We'll have it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. The uh, text contest is still going on right now. We've got a few minutes for you. All you have to do is text Who Day since we're giving away two tickets to go see the Bengals take on the Jaguars. That is coming up. On Thursday night, we'll have that for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So all you have to do is uh, fire up the text line. It's 304. You got it? 304-523-2275. One more time. 
304-523-2275. If you want an opportunity to see the Bengals, uh, we'll still take a few more of your entries. Just uh, let me know that you're paying attention by texting Day to that number, and uh, I'll pick one random winner after the show. And I will reply back to you to let you know that you won and get your information. These are digital tickets now, so you have to be able to um, use digital tickets to get into Paul Brown Stadium. So if you can do digital tickets, please text in. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you're texting in already, you've, you're halfway there. You've got, you've got half of what you need already there. You've got your phone. I just hope that it's uh, up to spec. Because honestly, I still know some folks with flip phones. And I still work with some folks with flip phones, so I'm just trying to warn you right now. It's a fun game, though, uh, I think, between the Bengals and Steelers, and I think it's going to be even more fun with the the Bengals and the Jaguars. That's going to be a fun one. And this one against Marshall in Middle Tennessee, that's going to be fun. I know, I'm just throwing all the fun out here. Everything's going to be fun this week, but really I think this is going to be a game where Marshall can maybe uh, get some points, and I don't know if – I think that Middle Tennessee offense is going to really be a challenge. But at, at the same time, I mean, Marshall's given up 422.3 yards a contest. Middle Tennessee's only given up 417 a game. So which defense is better? Apples and oranges right now. But Marshall is giving up 211.3 passing yards a contest. Uh, rushing yards, Marshall's giving up 211 right now. And again, you know, I'm still doing my uh, my early stats. Uh, this might change by a yard or so, but that's still um, that's still over 200 a contest, both passing and running. However, Middle Tennessee is giving up 240.3 yards in the air, and they're giving up 176.8 rushing yards whereas Marshall is gaining 171. So Marshall gains less than what Middle Tennessee gives up. That could be an opportunity right there for Rasheen Ali, who already on 63 carries has 376 yards and eight touchdowns, and throw in the 12 receptions for 73 yards and one touchdown. It might be the Rasheen Ali show right now. It might be where Grant goes. But, again, Grant's been chucking it up, 96 uh, 96 of 150 for 1,380 yards. Uh, got to work on the touchdown and interception ratio. That's um, that's one thing you got to work on right now. You're you're pretty much even at this point. Touchdowns to interceptions. Got to you got to figure that one out real quick. However, uh, with all of that said, uh, I think we're gonna see maybe. I'm hoping we're gonna see a better more cohesive Marshall come out on the road against Middle Tennessee. I think if you're going to start conference play, uh, this will be an easy one to get ready for because there should be with some of the veterans some of that already history that you know middle, you know they're going to get into it, you know they're going to be uh, a, a feisty team. There should be some heat, some energy between the two teams because it is middle after all. It's not Western Kentucky, but it is middle. So there is a few, um, I'm thinking, lingering memories that, okay, this is middle. Uh, Marshall hasn't done well on the road at middle. Middle has not done well on the road in Huntington. So you have to look at this and think, okay, uh, where does the advantage lie? And uh, it's always tough to win when you go down to middle. It's always tough to win down there. 
the herd has not done it on a consistent basis. And with all of that said, we are out of time here at the Union Pub and Grill. Don't forget, uh, we're going to be picking any moment now. We will take your text. Uh, here's one last one. I got time for it. Uh, Texter writes, to be fair to Wells on touchdowns, there have been a lot of drives that they finished with running, for example, at Navy. He produced a lot of the offense between the 20s and closer to the goal line. They punched it in. That's a good point. He's got him down there. Then, you know, Coach is. If a receiver doesn't get in all the way, he's going to go for the run. So, Grant, maybe if the receivers can punch it in, you know, you might you, you might see a little bit more of the uh, the receiving core get credit for some of those touchdowns. All right, that does it for this edition. I'm uh, going to be picking a winner here momentarily. Uh, congratulations to the winner. For those of you who don't win, um, try again tomorrow. You might be lucky. WRBC Huntington. WBS Huntington broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.